Welcome back to Two C's with a pod coming to you from my uh, extremely cold office. Matt, I uh, refuse to turn the furnace on based on the uh, the gas bill. Like <laughs> I can't uh, can't justify anything above sixty two degrees in my house. So uh, nice cozy Man. sweatshirt, a little blanket here for me. The Democrats uh, take over, man. Right, refusing and, to and use my uh, my good microphone. You're cutting down on costs. I get it, man. The gas, the gas is too damn high. They say, you know, the yeah, rent is the rent is too damn high. The gas is too yeah. damn high. Everything well, is too damn high. Yeah, I don't know. I just couldn't get the microphone really to. Uh, it was doing some weird weird things with the the sound. So, anyway, man, we're not here to talk about the gas bill. Um, no, famed two C's uh lore a text message between us has become a podcast episode. yes typically I, yeah how this yes, was created and we, then we might see the world slightly differently we do a bit um a podcast uh so you heard about how eric the enemy submarined the entire chief season and how him and mahomes hate each other and um that Eric Bieniemy. So apparently, Eric Bieniemy is now the scapegoat. Let's just call call it what it is: the season-long scapegoat for right. the, uh, the Chiefs' the Chiefs' struggles. Um, he purposely called plays that uh, in overtime that hadn't been practiced in, in three months, and uh, told told Mahomes erroneously that he had a timeout at the end of half. Um, <laughs> created chaos around the right. And um, was not allowed, per Andy Reid's instructions, was not allowed on camera for the Raider game on Sunday Night Football. Uh, too high profile. So, I you know, it, it, a lot again, of are keeping the man down. So, I, I, again, yeah, I, I just, and that's our conversation. And we'll get into more of the, you know, the real nuts and bolts of it and look at kind of who's been hired, who's not been hired and all those things. You've done some awesome research here. But I, I think... I personally find all of these stories to be nonsense. Um, you, you just have to, they just don't kind of pass the common sense like test for me. And you've got to ask yourself, and I've been in a lot of situations where you as a group or a team are, you have one goal in mind, okay? And, but you don't really care for each other. Okay. I mean, I mean, I think that that is something that happens all the time in all kinds of companies, sports, business, everything, you know, every type of situation. What I tend to find is that 95% of the time, if, if that's a shared goal of everyone still at the end of the day, what everyone's working for, they typically will not sabotage the team on purpose. Okay. Because ultimately, Everyone will be judged by what happens at the end result, right? And the idea that somehow Eric Bieniemy purposely blowing up this situation would in any way help him or would in any way make his situation better or make anyone's situation better for anyone involved. And how a guy like Andy Reid, how a guy like, I don't even know, Clark Hunt, who's spending the money and in these investments that he's made, wouldn't obviously, I would assume, never allow a situation to go on for a season long 
that would sabotage a whole, you know, season. And then my third point, and I'll stop here, is is the success, right? Because I'm going to tell you that teams that make it to the AFC championship game, okay, there's no one sabotaging them. And there's no one like, and they had an amazing season. And they, and statistically, when you look at our offense, it was absolutely fine, you know? And, and so when, when you are kind of judged against your past success, then yes, it looks, doesn't look like 2019 or, or 2021 or, you know, or whatever, or 2020, whatever it is, it doesn't look like it, you know, 2018 either, you know, but it's still a really good offense with really creative play calling. And so, you know, I, I find it all to be very silly. So um, offensively, 2018 was probably the best that this team was, right? Because nobody had seen it. Sure. And then in 2019, people start to catch up and a little bit more in 2020. And then in 2021, they've caught up and you have to adjust. Thousand percent. So, um, what we are talking about is... So you believe that the enemy, like I asked you, why do you think the enemy hasn't gotten a, a, a head coaching job yet? Yeah. And you immediately went to, you immediately pulled the race card. <laughs> racism. Yes. racism is the reason why he hasn't got. And I actually take a different approach on that in that uh, perhaps there, maybe that does play into it. Um, but also I kind of get to the, Man, if you've interviewed 15 times over the last three or four years, the common denominator it, it is something is you, right? So if I if I interview for 15 jobs and I don't get it, let's say there's 15 um, CEO positions open, and I'm interviewing for all 15 of these positions and I never get them, mm -hmm. it, it's got to be something on me. And that's where I land on it. That's where I, I immediately go. And there's a reason why, uh, shout out to great friend of the show, Kelly Howerton. We didn't bring HR in on, on this one. Because yeah, they would have shut this down immediately. He would, have shut this, he would have shut this down. Andy would have had some fantastic insight on hiring practices that we just simply can't have that level. Of, no. <laughs> we, this is purely emotional to, base. This is not, exactly. we don't use so, facts. We don't use, you know, data or supporting points in that the, way. No, we uh, the, the only, the only data that we did is uh, I saw a tweet from uh, Nick Jacobs. Yeah. Shout out Nick Jacobs, 71 on Nick, Twitter. Great guy. Good follow. If, uh, yeah, if you, if you uh, appreciate the Kansas city sports scene and he actually had it listed with who the enemy has interviewed with by date and then what i did is i coupled that with by year the head coaching vacancies and who ultimately filled those vacancies mm -hmm. and so i want to see if we can prove your point or dispel your point about racism playing a a a role in this um are you you down you down with an open mind i'm, I'm gonna have an open mind coming into this are you i'm gonna try okay what Yes, I'll, I'll just the short answer is yes, although I will say that the, this is the kind of stuff that is not that that is not easily proven or disproven by the statistics that we have. But but OK, I will. Yes, I will go in open mind. Well, we, what we what we also have here is we have the benefit of hindsight mm -hmm. and we, also have, we have the benefit of what if. Sure. 
And right. so that's why, so let's, okay. So when we look at this, the first of this top of this list, right? So even if we started this 2019. Yeah, so 2019 was the first time that Eric Bannemi came up as a head coaching candidate. Okay, yeah. so this is right after, this is coming off the heels of, um, this would be calendar year 2019. Okay, so not the year that we won the Super Bowl, the year we went to the AFC Championship game and lost in overtime. The first time that we went to the AFC Championship game and lost in overtime. There's been two of those. Um, okay. So that year, yeah. Yeah, there yeah. were. So this is this is also interesting. Just the number of head coaching vacancies. So in 2019, there were seven head coaching vacancies. Vietnamese mm -hmm. interviewed for four of the seven. Okay, so he interviewed for Cincinnati, Miami, New York Jets. We're going to have to be. We can't just say New York on this because there's multiple New Yorks that we're going to as we get through. Uh, yeah. And Tampa. Been a tough okay. time for New York football. Yeah, so New honest. York football uh, is gonna. If you're if you're playing a drinking game on two C's, take a drink every time the Jets or Giants. Right. Every time we say New York, uh, right. take a drink. You'll be. So Cincinnati ultimately hired Zach Taylor, and this is 2019. Cincinnati hired Zach Taylor. Miami hired Brian Flores. Uh, the Jets hired Adam Gase, and Tampa hired Bruce Arians. Um, so three of those four had never been head coaches before. Right. Correct. So Arians came from from Arizona. Arizona. And mm -hmm. had, had had success there. He'd gone to the Super Bowl with Arizona. Mm -hmm. So in retrospect, and, and by the way, I I know that Brian Flores has the uh, the lawsuit with the NFL that's actively pending. Um, when the head coaching vacancies for this year came out, you know, I was surprised that Brian Flores. I, I think Brian Flores is a really good coach. I was surprised that he was. I was surprised he was fired. Like I didn't think. Like there's some of these guys on this list that you're going to be like, yeah, that guy got fired after two years. Um, so. Right, right, and I and I, so right, and that's the conversation that we had. So when you look at these lists, okay, here's what I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you. For me, it's it's more, and again, it's the hindsight piece, of course. That so, but. If we put ourselves in the 2019. Did we talk about the ones that he did not interview for? Or do you oh, want yeah, to just talk about the ones he interviewed for? And then we'll just briefly touch on the no, go ahead and 2019s touch on... and go, where could he have landed? Where reasonably would he have been a good fit in yeah, 2019? That's... Is that fair? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. go. So say what you were going to say about oh, the, I... the, inter the interviewees that he had, Cincinnati, Miami, Jets, and Tampa. So, so ultimately point... he lost out to Zach Taylor, Brian Flores, Adam Gase, and Bruce Arians. Right. And so we had talked about, okay, like hindsight being what it is, if we if we just take that out and say, okay, let's go with the results that we've seen, you would go, okay, Bruce Arians has won a Super Bowl in that role, um, went to the playoffs, you know, been successful. Zach Taylor has now been to a, uh, you know, a Super Bowl, but a loss, you know, but has been there. And so, and, and I get that. And, and so Flores went to uh, the playoffs. Playoffs yeah, right. the first One. year and then yeah. didn't make the playoffs this year, but had a 500 record, right? Yeah. And was in a, you know, and, and was right there in the last His team game. started just, his team started as garbage. They're terrible starters. And then they, they get hot throughout the season. Accurate. And then Adam Gase was not long for the head coaching world. No, imagine that. And so, so my question then becomes the, so it, it, we oftentimes talk about like, and I'm going to say opportunity. Why would you hire Zach Taylor is my question. Why? Okay. What, what 
what qualifications? Because I'm going to ask you that, like, because well, we I... put this in a when we put this in a corporate world, world, okay? And listen, I I get it, and I get personality and fits and all this stuff matters. Sure, sure it does. But I'm also going to tell you that I, I would assume that results matter, and I'm going to assume that when people are successful they are always going to be at the top of the list and then the personality comes next and what i find and that's the part that you can't really you can't really quantify or you can't really say like okay i'm gonna put some data or some numbers to this but that's the piece that i don't get and we'll get down to these guys who are getting hired right and and so i i don't understand why zach taylor because who was going who was can going I, can I who was going higher time? zach taylor the Can only I make reasons... a comment on Zach Taylor in 2019, the year that Zach Taylor was hired, was the year that the Rams went to the Super Bowl. He was a quarterbacks coach. A quarterbacks uh, coach, right? For Jared Goff. The, right. That That's Rams a... offense was very, very good. <laughs> right, but look what you're saying. You you are now describing Eric Bieniemy. Well, they went a step further than Eric you... Bieniemy did that year. Uh, uh, okay. Uh, again, I, I, no, no one, no one was saying Zach Taylor should be hired for a job. No one was saying interview Zach Taylor. He's the hot coach at the time. No one was saying, why isn't Zach Taylor being hired in these positions? Can I Zach Taylor, Zach Taylor comes out of the blue because he's out of the Sean McVay tree who they fall in love with. So that's another thing that we don't talk about enough. We don't talk about the fact that you have to come either from a family of coaches. That's a huge one. That's a huge one. A family, if your dad or your, you know, uncle was a coach, you've got Nathaniel Hackett, another absolute clown show hire, right? We'll that has there. no, no business and no resume to be hired as a coach. Never called plays. Never called plays, right? The Eric Bieniemy, the big, the big Eric Bieniemy thing of like, oh, you know, he doesn't call plays, but well, Nathaniel Hackett gets a job. Zach Taylor again is a quarterbacks coach. A running back, a running back from freaking Nebraska, who was a coach for what a year and a half, two years, and is now an NFL head coach. Now, what was he put in charge of? He was put, he was blessed with one of the most miracle situations of all time, and he was also given grace. He also wasn't fired after a you just said Brian Flores was surprisingly fired. Well, why wasn't Zach Taylor fired after a three and seventeen season? You know, three and, and he, twelve uh, season because he took the hundred grand to throw the games. Something. I guess that's all I'm saying. Well, but that's so, why. So, 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 so they leave Zach Taylor, right? So Zach Taylor steps in. They're terrible when he gets there. He gets a first round draft pick. Then his quarterback gets hurt. They're terrible again. He gets another high draft pick, and so ultimately ends up in a beautiful spot. And so part of me goes, I, I think the story is still out on Zach Taylor because I'll be very, because we talked about it this year. It is hard to be a Super Bowl loser and get back and even make it to the playoffs, much less be a contending team. So we will see. And, and if Zach Taylor can do that, then sure, I, I, you know, like he's deserving of the job. But the question is, what did he do to deserve the job to begin with? Adam Gase, I mean, he was a GM, hey, right? Well, or on, something. Are you going to? Are you gonna if you're gonna talk this long on each one of these, we're gonna be here till we're gonna be here for no, five. I'm move, I'm moving we, to we Adam got a Gase. lot to get through. I'm moving to Adam Gase. Adam Gase, what do you what kind of job is he? Why would Hold you on, give Adam talk. Gase a job? But go ahead, sorry. Oh, you want Zach Taylor time. I'm sorry, Mark. Yeah, so Zach Taylor, I, you know, 
in again hindsight being 2020 we have the purpose of history he has proven to be a good head coach okay so you said something about skill first culture second did you did i hear that right i said that people are so so it's flip-flopped if you are a white coach and a white hiree it doesn't matter if you are a black hiree then you have to have the perfect fit of you have to have the skill level and the and the numbers and the stats and you also have to be the culture guy and you got to be a good guy under camera right eric Bieniemy just isn't good in camera and eric Bieniemy just has a bad personality has anybody ever seen bill belichick has anybody no, ever watched bill belichick in an interview and seen him in front of the media but but no 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 Eric Bien, I mean, just he just isn't a people person. He just doesn't come off. But oh yeah yeah. Uh, who else is a real good people person? That's a coach. Uh, you know John Gruden. John Gruden's a good people's coach. How about uh, Josh McDaniel, a guy who and I know we'll get to him. But a, how about some of these absolute failures? These coaches, Dennis Allen. These coaches that fail so miserably, so horribly, and somehow they get another chance. And again, all the things you're talking about, Eric Bieniemy, Josh McDaniel, can he win without Brady? Can he win without Belichick? When he was given a chance, he was an absolute joke and a failure and a clown show. He ruined that organization for years. They're still ruined from what Josh McDaniels did. And boy, did they hand him another job. <laughs> you know, and I'm sorry if you're Brian Flores, if you're all these other guys that that again are people of color or 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 people that don't have that kind of, you know, again, I, I don't know what it is, but you don't get that second chance. You don't even get the chance to begin with. Like Eric Bieniemy doesn't even get to walk in the door and try. But uh, you know, but a guy who's such a just awful failure gets a second chance. Okay. I'll gonna, never figure that out. I'm gonna mute your mic for a minute. Um, okay, you go though. Sorry, you go. All right. So as we let's look at. Okay, I'm just gonna I'm gonna look at 2019, and in retrospect, I'm gonna tell you who got it right and who didn't. Fair. Okay. okay. Sure. Cincinnati with Zach Taylor got it right. Miami with Brian Flores got it right. Fucked it up. Uh, earned our explicit rating there. Yeah. The I'm Jets. That's too early. The Jets didn't get it right. Adam Gase was a uh, he was the offensive coordinator for Manning. Peyton Manning was the offensive coordinator of those teams. Exactly. Come on. Yeah. Of course he was. Tampa got it right. Okay. Uh, they won a Super Bowl. Tom Fair. Brady doesn't go there if Bruce Arians isn't there, right? Tom Brady's not going there if it's the, the and I, and I'm going to make a point here um, in a, in a second, but Tom Brady doesn't go to Tampa if it's a uh, Maybe even if it's it's Zach Taylor, he went there because Bruce Arians had a Super Bowl pedigree, and he was a a, a veteran head coach, so um, he wasn't learning on the job. Denver, Vic Fangio, great friend of the show at Living the Dream, will tell you one hundred percent got it wrong. I don't know how many times he complained to me about Vic Fangio. They got it wrong. Disaster, huh? Yeah, terrible, terrible. Yeah. Arizona, Cliff Kingsbury got it right. Green Bay, Matt LaFleur got it right. And just based on how these teams have performed, they got them right. So right now we're, we're saying of, of those hires, two got it wrong. Adam Gase and Denver. Here's what I would say about the enemy to the Jets. They probably did him a favor. 
not hiring him probably was a, a favor to him because he probably would have suffered the same fate as Adam Gase would have in two years. But if he wants the job, then give him the job, man. I mean, I don't understand that 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 bit of logic. I guess I don't. I don't know, man. I, if I if I want a job, then my I I would never ever say that to myself. I, I hope Eric Bieniemy doesn't say that to himself. I hope Eric Bieniemy says, if I would have gotten the job, I would have been a winner by the second year, and I wouldn't have gotten fired, and I wouldn't have made the horrible decisions that Adam Gase made. That he absolutely went with the wrong quarterbacks, with the wrong, you know. Personnel well, okay, so I'm going to actually just take this a step further. Um, this is not I think the head coach is a major part of this, but I also think that there's an organizational structure and an organizational culture that either the head coach can drive that culture or perhaps the owner or the, the GM is driving it. And I think that that's why you may see that the Jets have a hard time and we'll get to them why the Jets have a hard time winning. Because they wouldn't bring a guy in like Eric Bieniemy, who is gone. But again, that's the hilarious part, right? He doesn't fit our culture. No, I don't. We don't want the Chiefs culture. We don't want the culture in the last four years, you know, where they've made the AFC championship the last four years. Like that doesn't fit our culture, you know. And so, again, that's the well, hilarious that, part. That goes back to your point about Josh McDaniel, though, and other guys that. And here's the other thing, too, is I think that there's a. In, I'll use Romeo. We lo I loved Romeo. He's fantastic, but Romeo wasn't a head coach. Romeo was a fantastic coordinator, but Romeo as a head coach was an absolute disaster twice. Right. Sure. Like many, many other coaches. Gunther. I loved Gunther. Gunther was amazing, but Gunther was an amazing defensive coordinator. He was a horrible head coach. Yeah, it may not even have been that great, you know, but yeah. His defenses were good. They were good. It, it, yeah, he was a good players. So I think that there are certain guys that once they hit that that D coordinator, it'll be interesting to see what we'll get to him, but it'll be interesting to see what happens with uh, Dennis Allen getting promoted from that coordinator to. Uh, but he's already had a job and he failed miserably again. Like I Belichick said, Belichick failed miserably in Cleveland and did okay in New England. Sure. Then let's give all these guys a re re so, re retread. That's all now, I'm saying. Okay. Let's then. move to uh, let's move to 2020. This is an interesting year. Um, it's a so, so EB came back. He there was five vacancies in in 2020. Uh, he he interviewed for three of the five. So so far he has interviewed for over 50 percent every year of, yeah. the, of the vacancies. And in that year, Carolina ultimately went with Matt Rule. The Giants went with Joe Judge, and Cleveland went with Kevin Stefanski. Uh, Stefanski is the only one that's gone to the playoffs of those of those three. Right. Um, Joe Judge is out, right? Joe Judge. And Joe is Judge out. has been fired, and Matt Rule is probably not long for this world. No, he uh, has the, he has this year and one more quarterback to go. Yeah, basically, the thing with Matt Rule is like the in twenty twenty two, the uh, NFC South is so bad that it's going to be one of those teams where an, a seven and ten team is going to win the division. <laughs> but like, look at that division. It is. So New Orleans, new coach, new quarterback. Tampa Bay, new quarterback. Carolina, who knows, who, knows? What who knows what they're doing? Atlanta, well, it's probably Atlanta because they got our boy, Matty Ice. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but, exactly. but not a great division. I think we can, we can agree. No. So Matt Rule. Now, this is the year where I would look at it and I would scratch my head. 
Okay. On the ones that he interviewed and he didn't get, like, they're great fits. They're good spots you know, for him to go like, to. Boy, why, did, why did this not happen now? We're going to get to where I think it would have been the perfect place um, a, a year from now, where two, there were actually two places where he would be, he would have been fantastic. Um, right. So, what do you have to say? Because I, I mean, I could see him potentially getting any of these jobs. And and again, here's the thing, man. We don't sit in these interviews. We don't know what happened in them, right? We don't no. know. He could have come in and ummed and odd and I don't know. Well, but Andy, but that's, but the, I guess to me, that's where the job, I just see so many other coaches like that though. So if the question has to be like, I just, I, I can't imagine Bill Belichick being a good interview. I can't imagine. Oh, I can imagine. Belichick would be a fantastic job. Then why? Okay, so tell me then why why would we even perceive Eric Bieniemy as not being? I guess then. So why? I I guess so. That's the problem that I have. I'm just I'm just going off. I'm just going off track record right now that he's had 15 of these and he hasn't landed one. Okay, and and I have a hard time thinking that. But we're we're but what we're doing is is we're making we're we're trying to come up with reasons, right? And one of the reasons that people it always keeps coming up, it's not just us, it, you know, it's it's it comes up all the time is that he's a bad interview. And that's the part that I can't I can't see sitting in front of Mike McCarthy and being blown away by what he has said to me and how he has just nailed this interview. I can't imagine sitting in front of Dan Campbell. And him changing my life in this interview. And so, oh, we'll or, or Joe, I know, I'm sorry, I'm jumping the gun, but Joe Judge, even Matt Rule, all these guys that like, and, and even some of the most successful coaches ever in the league, I don't see them as guys that are going to walk in a door and wow me with their personality. And they're not going to be saying uh and ums, and they're not going to be good interviews. And part of me is going to go, I'm, I'm going to start to say to myself, like, okay. I have only one thing that I can look at a football coach on and his demeanor and the people that he's worked with, number one, which as far as we know, that's maybe the only piece that I would say that's the part that we don't know that I am actually curious about and I can absolutely see as being what's keeping him down is in some ways. Now, I'm not going to speculate and write some stupid article on some stupid website that I have no business writing, but the question then becomes, it comes the reference piece. Right. Because I do think that there's now there's lots of public things that's being said. Everyone is on his side that ever's been worked for him has said he's a great guy and he should be hired. I don't hear people saying anything bad about him. I just don't, you know, not the, not the principles, not the principles that have worked with him. So my question then becomes like, okay, are they working? Is there some sort of like undercurrent of, you know, these reference pieces, because I will say, and I'm shocked by it sometimes, you know, like I've heard principals do that where, or I heard a principal tell me that where like someone's uh, references sunk them. And I'm like, so the people they chose to say as their references actually are the reason you're not hiring them. And they were like, yes. And so part of me then goes like, oh, well, maybe this is what's happened with the enemy. Like he thinks he's got a lot of folks on his side you know, giving him the good thumbs up, you know, and saying, yeah, this is our guy, you should hire him. And what's really happening is that it's coming in that, yeah, he's hard to work with. He's all these other things. And I I guess, of course, that could be a thing, but it just doesn't make sense to me because why haven't we heard that before? 
why hasn't in the four or five years that this man has been our coach and been part of our system, why hasn't this been a problem before? Why is it just becoming a problem now? Why also have we been ultimately so successful? We keep kind of going back to this like struggles of this year and we go like we were literally, you know, a bad half away from going to the Super Bowl again or even a bad, you know, a bad uh, overtime you know, from going to the Super Bowl again. So it's just like, that's why when you asked me if I'm, if I would have Eric Bieniemy back in a heartbeat, I hope he comes back. I, I know people have talked about a, uh, you know, a new voice and all these different things or bringing back Matt Nagy, which is like, what are we talking about? That's the kind of stuff that bothers me. Why would we bring back Matt Nagy? <laughs> well, so the interesting thing about Nagy when he got hired and that was before this. Yeah this cycle, but it was, uh, one of those things where part of the interview, that was the, um, was that the Pittsburgh game? That was a Tennessee game. That was after the Tennessee game, the 21 to three, um, 18 point lead, 21 to three, <laughs> Andy Reed blue, um, you know, and it was like, well, what half did you call? Cause there was rumors about they would switch half and all this other stuff. Right. Exactly. And so maybe that's the piece of like, again, I do think that's, but the only, again, and that's where I go back to like, I'm sorry that, and again, it's not, it's hard to quantify, but like when a guy like Nathaniel Hackett, who was not calling plays, we'll get there. Okay. Okay. So any of these guys that I don't think a Joe judge was going to make a, uh, I'm going to make a a defense of Matt rule. Okay. Okay. Uh, Let me defend Matt rule. Okay. Uh, I think that owners are looking for something different and they oftentimes fall in love with the college coach that has do that did what Baylor did those years that he was like, they were just, you know, made RG three, a, a Heisman winner. I mean, they were just, they were exciting. They were up tempo. It was fast break showtime, you know, type stuff. So I can see where somebody would go. I want that. That's what I want. That's what I want you to bring. Um, you know, and I think also, too, that the enemy may, he may be a victim of his own success of, well, Mahomes is really good and Hill and Kelsey. What's going to happen when he comes here and has uh, my quarterback that's not Mahomes? And I don't have a Hill. But every, uh, the, right. But but again, that's a job. That's Josh McDaniels. That, um, so let's that, get to uh, the 2020 guys. other vacancies. Uh, Washington only Washington did not have an interview that year. Yeah. They they interviewed one person and hired him. They were able to do that because Ron, Ron Rivera is considered a minority and was, person of color. Yeah, yeah. Was uh, so he was hired. <laughs> Dallas basically hired Mike McCarthy, and that was kind of they may have they probably followed the Rooney rule, but it was probably what Brian Flores is talking about, which brings into like if if Jerry Jones has his mind made up that he's hiring Mike McCarthy. And he has to bring Eric Bieniemy in, which he didn't, to interview as a person of color. To me, that's more insulting than you know. No, it, it, what it is is it's better than nothing to me. Is what it is. It is absolutely better than nothing. Is so it? So you get to go through the process. Good for you. you yes. Know? Yes, because that's a huge part. That's the, I mean, honestly, if you want to go back in history, like if we want to go back a little bit in history, this is why these rules would have to be in place, right? Because what would happen is, is applications are, here I've got all my applications, right? 
Here's what so would these, happen. These, this application, no, nope, that's don't a, actually hire. They don't really fill out an application. I went back to history. I'm going back. Just pretend we're in a regular job situation. Let's go back to history and hiring practices, right? Before there was any laws that made people not be racist, made people not have racist hiring practices. They would do this. Black guy out. Mexican guy out. Oh, this name, ah, this name sounds foreign. This name sounds bad out. Okay, I'm going to interview these five white guys. Cool. Perfect. Right. And so if you don't have a law that says you got to at least pretend to bring in this guy and this guy and at least walk them in the door, then I'm sorry, like you got to have that law. And if even that means that these people are just, you know, not on all ever get the job and they're not going to, you know, they're just there because of the law, then that is absolutely better than literally having no law at all. And then never walking in that door and never having that opportunity because setting them down for that opportunity is massive because again, that's the moments where now Eric B has got to be better than everyone else. He's got to blow everyone away, right? Because Dallas already has their, their guy, Mike McCarthy, but what if he does? What if Eric Bieniemy walks in there and I mean him and him and Jerry are the best of buds and he's like holy cow man never mind you know I was going to hire this clown Mike McCarthy who was who absolutely blew it in Green Bay for freaking 10 years and I have no idea why I'm going to hire him and he's in hindsight going to do the exact same thing he did in Green Bay and so like that's what that's who I'm going to hire Eric so sorry about that you know so at least at least he gets in the door so as someone who has hired people in the past, I can honestly tell you that, um, and, and I don't know if this just makes me a, just a saint of a person, but I've never taken ethnicity into it. Of course not. What I'm saying, number one, I said that's. And I'm hiring, but here's the other thing too. Fact of the matter is I'm not hiring CEO level people. You're also not a 70 year old rich yacht, yacht toting, you know, yacht having old man right? Who has lived in this old rich guy white club his whole life and has never had a black friend, hasn't talked to anybody black, hasn't been other than his players in his whole life. And so ultimately, like, that's the problem. Yes, you should be hiring people. And that's awesome. But the people that are hiring the people in the NFL are 70 year old old men who are most of them have been proven to be at least 75% of them stone cold races, you know, like Houston, how about Houston's? We will get to Houston. Yeah. Right so here. let's get to Houston. So 2021 Houston had a, uh, an opening as did the jets, Jacksonville, chargers, lions, Atlanta, same team, and, same garbage team and the <laughs> Eagles. Right. So we got two, four, six, seven, uh, this the enemy interviewed for six of the seven, and the Eagles sent an interview request in, but hired Sirianni before the enemy was available. So the interview rules did change, by the way. And this was also something that maybe hasn't been touched on too much either. But 2022 was the first time that interview rules changed. Prior to that, you had to wait for the team to be eliminated. Right. So the Chiefs are going deep into the playoffs, into this playing in the Super Bowl. He's missing out on all he the interviews. And he can't interview until the team's gone, or maybe he could interview during the bye weeks or something like that. But yeah, it's tricky. So, yeah, that's so that is so, a fact. you know, you have this timing thing. So Houston hires David Cully, a black man. Yes. The Jets hire Robert Sala, black man. Jacksonville hires Herb. We'll get there. 
Uh, the Chargers hire Brandon Staley. The Lions hire Dan Campbell. And Atlanta hires Arthur Smith. And like I said, the Eagles hired Nick Sirianni. Um, sent a request in, but hired him before right. the Super Bowl. So, so in essence, all seven of these openings wanted to talk to him. Yeah. Of the six he, he interviewed with. So Houston hired David Culley. Right. So Who was an they, internal hire, yes? I, boy, I don't know much about David Culley, but again, you know, BNME would have been a great fit there. Like BNME with Deshaun Watson would have been unreal. And DeAndre Hopkins probably wouldn't have wanted to trade. And, you know, uh, I mean, there's a lot of right. But I would also say, let's also say that David Culley didn't do a bad job. You know, left with the circumstances, dude. Left with the dude, he was left with the clown show. See, that's the problem that I have. Is well, that okay, so also... he's left with a clown show. Well, hold on a sec. So he's left with a clown show, but so was Adam Gase. Uh, oh, oh, so was Joe Judge. Okay. The only so thing I would say, hold on, well. slow down. To me, that's a different clown show. Uh, listen, poor, poor rosters and poor personnel is not what I'm talking about with Houston. What I'm talking about with Houston was he was left with an absolute disastrous PR mess of a situation that he never, you know, they, they, you can't separate from that quarterback till he's gone. You've got to try to play with whatever guy you can put in their place. You ultimately, you, now you see you were always an interim coach to begin with because they're going to want to bring in, you know, some sort of like, quarterback coach tandem gm thing you know to kind of put it all together well, so like interesting when we get to this year to what they they did after david coley so go up go on though yeah but that's what i'm saying like why not why not keep him around when he actually i thought that he did a fun job for their situation to me again many of these teams quit his team never quit they were always competitive in fact you get down to brandon staley here which we'll get to brandon staley that Houston's or, or the Chargers lost to, to Houston, right? Was probably the one that kept him out of the playoffs. And the Houston was already out of the playoffs, had no chance of winning. And Houston went in there and smoked them. So Brandon Staley, in my opinion, fine hire. Dan Campbell, fine hire. I don't Garbage. know about Arthur Smith. I'm sure Dan Campbell will probably be out of a job in a couple of years. Um, Urban Meyer. So this is the Brandon one. Staley is an idiot, but go ahead. <laughs> He's an I, idiot. I think, Brandon, I think Brandon Staley is ultimately going to be good at this. Here's here's one thing I'll say about Brandon Staley. Brandon Staley's really good at press conferences. I, exactly. So I hope they keep him for that. I hope they again. He, he, right. He's the he's the he's the perfect guy in the press conference. So let so, him let him have it. Let him keep sinking that. You know, so the Jets. So the Jets chose Robert Sala, a guy that the enemy beat in the Super Bowl, also a man of color. They chose him over – also, they chose a defensive coach over over an offensive coach. Yeah. To me, there are several of these things that are organizational. These are organizational issues that – I don't care if your name's David Culley, Robert Sala, or Eric Bieniemy. You're probably not going to be successful. I mean, maybe. I don't know. But again I- – if I, but that's, but I would not, also, but I'm not Eric Bieniemy. What, what I'm saying is, is that not if I'm Eric Bieniemy, if I'm walking into these jobs, I cannot have that that thought process, and I should be able to be given an opportunity to fail. If I fail, I fail, and 
again, he's obviously wanting this Jets job because he's seen what has happened. He did it in 2019, has seen what has happened, and is still coming back. Now, yeah. that honestly, part of me goes, this is the guy I want to hire because we, ask you, uh... we didn't hire him. We've been an absolute clown show since we didn't, and he's still rolling back in here and wants to help us. So why did uh, twice, two, two times here, by the way, um, is Shad Khan racist? I'm, again, it's not. Shad Khan's not a seventy-year-old white man. You said they're all that all these owners. So Shad Khan's had two opportunities to hire Eric Bieniemy, and he's chosen not to do it. But you understand that, like I do, I do want to be careful here about how I phrase this. <laughs> We're talking about systemic things. I, 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 I know that I said that words, and and I, I apologize. Let me take all that out of there then. So. Because this is this is always going to be the set, you know, it will always be pointed to as, you know, this some sort of like panacea that, oh, well, you know, but what about him? It, it has nothing to do with the it does have something to do with the people, but this is still a systemic problem, ultimately. And a guy like him. He's not motivated by race. No, of course not. He's motivated by name and splash. And, you know, and so that's what motivated him. Right. But what I'm also going to tell you is, is that so I would more look at why isn't there a black urban Meyer? Why isn't there a guy that, you know, through the college ranks and through everything else has been a big success as a blackhead coach and then become a, a, a NFL coach and, you know, and gotten that chance and all those things like part of me is like, OK, you know, that that then goes to it. So, yes. Uh, again, there's always going to be outliers. There's always going to be things that are going to, you're going to be able to go, well, what about this? Well, look at this. But Eric Bieniemy's case and the whole, and Brian Flores's case, and the more we find out about his situation, I think it'll shed more light on the fact that there is a, there is a systematic usage by the, the NFL owners and the NFL themselves to, keep a certain club in 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 charge and in and and running the show and now again a lovey smith uh uh you know uh, uh mike tomlin is going to slip through the cracks but we are not going to allow you know our sport to be taken over you know in some ways and i i really think so, that's truly so their let's view talk about mike tomlin so on this show we had argued that he was one of the best coaches not only in the nfl today but nfl history uh okay yes and but i also do think that i think recently he struggled and i think he should be held to any other standard and i do think he's not done well in the last you know he's it's been a long time since he's had success but go ahead. really because i think this was his best honestly i think this was his best coaching job I, I this is this is what's so funny to me that we do this all the time. We we let we let coaches create these scenarios and then applaud them when they survive them. And I think John Harbaugh's best coaching year. Uh, we, we, year. We, we we let coaches stick with quarterbacks too long. We let for no reason, you know, we let coaches um, you know, make really bad, you know, kind of roster decisions and kind of poor poor game time decisions and things like that and then go well wow look at what they were dealt with all the 
So. All the turmoil, man. He had Ben Roethlisberger as his quarterback. You know, he wow, that was amazing. And part of me is like, dude, he can, he had a capable quarterback on the bench. You know, like he has, you know, who he's won games with. Like, part of me is like, I don't know. I just don't know why you get always kind of. I don't know. Some folks get credit for the the, the what they've created in some ways. Yeah, you know, like out, outside of an in twenty twenty one. And I, I think you could even make an argument for it. But outside of Brandon Staley, I think that Bienemy would have been as good, if not better, of all of these. I all still think he's better than Staley. Well, Staley, I'm just Staley. saying, Staley I think Eric Bienemy beats us. Eric Bienemy beats us in that game because he's sensible. I, 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 I again, am so tired of this new trend of coaches that are going to come in and go forward every down. And I'm so glad every fourth down, I'm so glad he got burnt so many times and I hope he continues to do it. And I hope he continues to get burnt. I want to, uh, I want to get to 2022 uh, because there's some meat on the bone here and we're, we're running a little low on time. So I want to get to, uh, I want to get to 2022. One of my money topics. Um, so, and I specifically want to talk about, um, Chicago. Okay. So now we can, we can talk about Denver. We can talk about new Orleans. Um, you know, one thing I'll say about new Orleans is that there's something to be said about organizational consistency. So while you were talking, I was looking up, not, the, not making the playoffs organizational consistency, right? Like, not right, yeah, <laughs> I, I was looking up. I think that tenure, I think part of the reason why the giants and jets are so bad and Jacksonville are so bad is that they're constantly turning over leadership. They're constantly turning over their head coach. They're con- you know, if you if you're constantly turning that over, I think that a guy like Zach Taylor, you know, if you know, you kind of hope that the trend might be that a guy like Zach Taylor bucks the trend of you got 2 years to make, you got 2 years to turn this around like like some of these NFL owners their expectations are so ridiculous that Okay, uh, well, we got Trevor Lawrence, so we should be going to the Super Bowl two years from now. No, but the, they shouldn't be an embarrassment, though. I mean, I think well, that's the problem. Is that I want to talk about? I want to talk about tenure. Okay, so uh, Belichick, twenty-two years, twenty-one years, was hired in two thousand. Um, is that right? Yeah, seems right. Um. Or ninety nine or something. Yeah, it doesn't. It's, this says two thousand present, and then Sean Payton two thousand six, Tomlin two thousand seven, John Harbaugh two thousand eight, Pete Carroll two thousand ten, Andy Reid two thousand thirteen. Then the next is Sean McDermott at two thousand seventeen. So, pri- so right now there are one, two, three, four, five coaches that are going that have been with the same organization more than you know, seven or eight years. Right. You know, Sean McDermott's probably going to stick around because they seem to got the right quarterback and right guy. To uh, be, yeah. But that's, that's the like I mean, he may run into the Marty problem though. I mean, let's, let's also keep in mind that like you do hit a point where again, that's what I'm going to say about a Zach Taylor. That's what I'm going to say about, you know, uh, some of these guys that you, you're giving credit for, for making the playoffs, you know, eventually, that's not going to be good enough, you know, and Marty, you know, I mean, you know, eventually, yes, he kind of lost control of the team in some ways too, but like he was always successful. He just never could get you over the hump. And the question, like, so these guys, so Brian, as I look at 2022, um, the only one that I would say 
You know what? Doug Peterson won a Super Bowl. So, you know what? He get he he earns the retread. I guess. Right? Yeah. But the one that's interesting to me is that, and I don't even know the I don't I've never even heard of this guy. Uh, uh, the Eberflus. Eberflus. Yeah. But the interesting thing is, is that their new GM is Ryan Poles that has been around the Chiefs as an executive, basically uh, Veach's right-hand man, and he chose not to do it. Chose not even to interview him. Now you tell me. I mean, I don't know. So here's Chicago, right? Here's Chicago, and they really want Ryan Poles. They like him. Like Ryan Poles, love him as a GM. But uh uh-oh, we just hired Matt Nagy from the Andy Reid Kansas City Chiefs, and it was an absolute disaster. And our fans hate his guts, hate us for hiring him, hate everything about him. So if we bring in Ryan Poles, GM from the Kansas City Chiefs, and we also bring in Eric Bieniemy, the coach for the offensive coordinator from the Kansas City Chiefs, does it fly with the fan base? I'm just curious. Right, because you just did you literally just tried to do the exact same thing. You tried to get Matt Nagy and the success that he had with Andy Reid, and it failed miserably. And you're gonna turn around now and hire Eric Bieniemy, the offensive coordinator of the Kansas State Chiefs. To me, I don't hold any stock in that. And I, I personally don't. I I think that's the exact scenario that happened. That they had a choice. If they want to hire Bieniemy, that's fine. They couldn't hire Ryan Poles then. Because you cannot, and I don't think they could have ever hired the enemy. And that's that's another situational thing that that your that actually to me proves your point more. That what's happening to Eric the enemy is more situational based than it is because that's a good scenario of like a perfect spot where it makes so much sense for him to go there. But does Chicago Bears have do they have the guts to bring in another Chiefs offensive coordinator after the last Chiefs offensive coordinator failed so miserably? Like Yeah, you bring up that's a that's a good point. Um, I mean it's worth thinking about. And I'm now if I'm if I'm them, I'm like, you know, I just flipped off the camera that's silent on this, but I'm like, I don't care. I hire the best coach that I think. And I, if I think that's also with the Chiefs, you know, assistant GM, and I want to bring him over as my GM, then I do it. But again, it's a tough sell to people. Yeah. Uh, again, I, I that is, and I think that's been the point. It's been really interesting. I, I heard on the radio guys talk about it. That was really the job that I think you start to go like, okay, you know, if he doesn't fit there, then what what's going on, you know, and does and. Because it is worthy of saying on the other side of it, right? Is it just as plausible? Yes. I think this is more to your point of like Ryan Poles literally knows Eric Bieniemy. we assume, as good as any of these other yeah. GMs would know him, and he doesn't even interview him. So what's that's, going on? Right. That's so the that's the interesting thing, too, when you get to 2022. So in every other year, he had interviewed for over half the vacancies, including a whopping – 100% of the 2021 they requested to talk right. to him. Right. And then you get to 2022 and there are the most openings that we've had, 2 4 6 8 9 and he is interviewed for two of them. Yeah. And so yeah. that to me, that to me is the the part where it's almost like okay, but that's the part that I has that, I... that NFL ship sailed and if he wants to head coach he's going to have to go to to college right but, so, so I, that's the just the piece that i guess i just i don't get and then and, and so if you if we 
I refuse and until the numbers tell me otherwise, because we can talk numbers all we want. When you start to look at the numbers of NFL coaches, GMs, owners, you know, compared to the players, blah, 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 like that's a that's a really bad number. Right. And I know that there there's work to fix that. They're trying to, you know, and that's a tough thing to fix, of course. But ultimately, like I, I will never, ever be able to take until I hope I hope I get to a point where I can. But I am not going to I'm still not willing to say this isn't at least, you know, 60, 40 here, you know, that like and the reason I go back to it is because I'm going to say again, is that guys like a, a Josh McDaniels to me is a perfect example. A Brian Dable, a Brian Dable. I'm sorry. Like all the things that you're telling me about Eric Bieniemy is the exact same thing you could tell me about Brian Dable. Right. He he when he had a bad quarterback. And when he had bad players, his offense was one of the most uh, comical and awful offenses of all time. We saw it here in 2012 with Kansas City Chiefs. One of the worst. He, I can't even believe he got a job after this, after that. But now what has happened? He gets hitched up with Josh Allen, right? He gets hitched up with the star quarterback and the star situation. And now people are, are hand over fish trying to hand him a job. And so that's the piece that people always point to, too, with the enemy, like you said, is, oh, well, you know, it's Patrick Mahomes and it's Tyree Kill and it's, you know, you you can't do that with my quarterback. Well, they think Brian Dable can because Brian Dable went from a garbage quarterback and was garbage to a good quarterback and all of a sudden is the the NFL sweetheart. And now the Giants are going to put him in charge of Daniel. Uh, what What's his face? You know, the, the you know, Daniel the Jones. Daniel Jones, yeah, the the quarterbacks. In, in, um, I think if, if if I look at these quarterback, if I look at these head coaching hires, you know, I look and I I think Doug Peterson probably has the best chance of being successful. Well, from track record, but then you go, what about situation? You know, who knows he's how had it, a good situation? Does he though? I mean, again, it, see, what you're saying about his owner. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm not a believer in him, but I will also tell you that even if he is, I don't love what their owner's track record is on when it comes to like, he's got big, he, you know, a lot of, a lot of these owners are like this too. I'm not saying it ain't the owner's fault. I mean, look at the Raiders, the Raiders, it's the owners. What are they doing? Hiring, throwing money at John Gruden. You telling me that all these red flags didn't come up in everything that they were looking at. And if they didn't spend no money to start to kind of dig up what was going on in John Gruden's you know, situation, of course they knew. And they hired him anyway. You know, and that's the piece that, again, just kind of uh, Josh McDaniels. I- I'm glad they hired him. I have no fear that Josh McDaniels is going to, you know, make the Las Vegas Raiders a, a contender in our division. I don't. I-, I find him to be, you know, again, a, a-, a- poor leader and a now maybe i'm wrong we'll see kind of again what yeah the what ones you know as i kind of look through here that i'm glad lovey smith got a new job honestly to be quite honest i mean i hate to jump in on you there but then that that proves your point a little bit too like it is nice to see a guy of color who was able to kind of come back who struggled was you know at the end and was fired and i don't know that honestly the last time the bears were any good lovey smith they probably shouldn't have fired him when they did yeah you know they never were that bad yeah they um <laughs> It was kind of the they went to the Super Bowl and lost yeah. remaining. And then they were and the, the interesting thing too here is that like you kind of look at these divisions that 
you're constantly seeing uh, Chicago and Minnesota and uh, Detroit are kind of in this cycle and because they're Buffalo and the Jets and Miami are constantly in the cycle. So Brady when, and Rogers, yeah, like, when you're they when can't you're get over a Hall of Fame level quarterback and they are constantly destroying you and you're not making the playoffs, <laughs> you're constantly seeking that right owner. And so, you know, I mean, if I look at where is the where's the opportunity, you know, Jacksonville's a great opportunity, Houston's a great opportunity. Depending uh, on what Houston does, I mean that'll be the well, question, but right? what I'm saying is there's not you know, like Ryan Tannehill is a fine quarterback and Derrick Henry is the best in this position, but it's not Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. And you know, and you, you would kind of see this also in the NFC West there for a while, where when Russell Wilson was playing at an MVP level, that you know, they were they, they kind of kept that division down. And so I think if you're constantly changing your leadership and you're constantly changing your coaching, you have a hard time being competitive. Right. And I think that, you know, one of the things that these owners may be forced to do is realize that, and, and we used to make fun of him for it. Remember Carl Peterson's five-year plan? Yeah. He had three of them. He had three five-year plans. <laughs> he had three yeah. five-year plans. Well, I think that what these guys are trying to do is that there were some some teams that had success real quick and they're trying to replicate that and going, okay, we're going to, we're going to fire this guy and then we're going to go hire Mike McCarthy and he's going to turn us around for us in two years. Right. And then two years rolls around and he hasn't turned it around and they fire him or like Houston with whatever that was with David, right. like, you know, it, I don't think I'll, I'll say this. I don't think David Culley did a good job, but I also don't think that the environment or the situation or anything like that. I don't care who no. was in there. They weren't going to do a good job. Not, no, and, not, but not his players. And the fact that he didn't get a second year, it's really where you would want to be questioning, like, what's going on here? Why didn't he get a second year? Because you knew organizationally that you you alienated Deshaun Watson. And Deshaun Watson had done enough to where he couldn't get traded. Right. So your organization was your organization was stuck. So, right. You know, you could bring Vince Lombardi in, you could bring Bill Parcells, and you could bring the greatest coaches. Uh, right. A love child of Vince Lombardi and Bill Parcells and Tom Landry could come in to be your coach, mm. and they would not be any good. I'd like to see that love child. It'd be a weird like hat <laughs> overcoat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, totally. But I love you. I mean, so that's that that then comes to my question is like, and I, I would say this is another thing that you hear from folks like Brian Flores or people who challenge the system, right, is they will say, okay, number one, black coaches kind of replace other black coaches. That's something that happens. So that happened in Houston, right? So you get a, you know, a, okay, they had David Culley, but then they get Lovey Smith, right? And then also they get put in unwinnable situations, like you're saying. So like ultimately what Brian Flores is or uh, uh, Q Williams or so, their argument is going to be is that there, there literally was an organizational sh you know, shift to lose. And I was the victim of that. And it just so happens to be that, wow, this keeps happening and it keeps happening to black coaches, you know? And so I think that that's the argument that it's going to be. And that, that also too, like, you know, with the, the Flores's argument is that this this rule that is so loose already 
and already is so kind of easily manipulated and easily already is being messed with. You can't even follow that simple enough because you're already hiring guys. And that sucks. No, I, I honestly, like, think about this is just let's take the race part out of it. Right. Andy, you I assume you just want to know that I'm working with you as a OK, let's just say I'm coming in to, to, to you and you're going to hire me. I want to know that you are working in good faith with me, that you're that I have a chance yeah. to get this job. And that sucks. If you know they're already hiring someone else and they're just, you know, again, just, you know, doing this thing. And so, hey, man, at the corporate job that I was at before I went to the store, 100 percent that happened. And it didn't happen to black people. It happened to we know that we're hiring this person because the job description was written specifically for that person. Right. And then we would interview, we had to interview X number of people. Well, look, I already know this person. I've worked with this person in the past. I've worked well with this person. We're hiring this person. Bring in whoever you want. I'm going to pick this person. So if HR tells me that I've got to interview five people, okay. Well, bring in four of them that are that have zero chance whatsoever to get it. And I don't care how great they are. I'm hiring this person because I am. Okay. All the time. Okay. Well, again, why I don't like corporate work, by the way. <laughs> no, I know. I know it's tough. It's it's, and that's the thing that like, it's a systematic thing. That's where I would go to back to this concept of like, it's a who, you know, system, which is your right is not unique to the NFL. It's not unique to corporates world. It's not unique to education system. It's just the world and how it is. But ultimately, if, if the system has kept out a large group of people or a certain amount of people, then you can't never get to know them. You know what I mean? And I think that's the other well, piece the world, the is world that that's why, but that's, but that I know, but that's why the Lovey Smiths of the world get back in. That's why I said, because they're comfortable with Lovey. Lovey's had success already. He's been in the league, you know, so you go, oh yeah, you know, I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll give Lovey a shout, you know, but again, a guy like, but if you've got Brian Dable and you've got Eric Bieniemy, I'm sorry. Like I can't, or let's go back to the 2020 interviews, Denver to me, Denver's a perfect example. If I'm Denver, I run to hire Eric Bieniemy. Yeah, I am like, I am like, I, I, I know I don't understand what they're doing. Like, why would you not do that? To me, I look at it as this: we've talked. You know, every NFL player, every every NFL team does this every every year, right? When the playoffs come, what do they do? They hire some practice squad player from the other team that they're playing right they sign some dude that played on their you know like whatever it happens all the time and why do they hire that or why do they sign that guy real quick all of a sudden right because they just want whatever little secrets this guy might have right about what he's seen in practice and what's been going on you know with that organization so part of me goes like if i'm denver i want eric the enemy just for the simple fact that like I want to know what the hell y'all been doing to beat us for 13 years straight. You know, like what, what, you know, what is the secret sauce here? And if anything, if I can take a piece of that away from you, then hell, I'm going to try to do that and give it a shot instead of hiring this guy from seriously from green Bay, who ultimately again is never, never called plays never or or wasn't calling plays i think he called oh. plays before but it wasn't calling plays with with green bay he has no you know and i if it's and if they end up with aaron Rodgers, and that's ultimately the attempt but that's what they do then i guess that was their point and they win well, i guess just to, just to wrap it up yeah i know um, to um, kind of wind us down here um yeah, i need winding down imagine this i've been fired up lately andy this probably wasn't a good time to uh well you know 
whatever. Um, <laughs> you know, when we go through those tenure guys, um, you know, we talked about Belichick and Peyton and Pete Carroll and Harbaugh and Andy Reid. They all have the quarterback. It's a, it, it's a, so it, it, you get the quarterback right. Even Mike McCarthy, he had the quarterback right. Yeah, and then he would just blow the right. You're right, and they would it would have success. So that's the question. Like I heard I heard some radio talk about that the other day. Is like, are you happy with Aaron Rodgers? Like it's hard, you know, because you go like, what has it gotten Green Bay? It hadn't gotten him a ring, you know, yeah. in a long in a long time, but it's gotten him success, you know. Well, so and I think that's why when you roll back to a guy like Zach Taylor and you say, "We well, was a quarterbacks coach." Well, if you can coach the quarterback, I guess I don't know. You know then. Like, then yeah, and, I mean, and, and everybody's going to bring different skills and experience. But how does Zach Taylor end up a quarterback? Those coaches. The only thing I'm going to say, wasn't he like a running back in Nebraska? Was he even a quarterback? I don't even think he was a quarterback. Was he? Maybe he was. No. I don't remember. He. Yeah. Well. <laughs> uh, anyway, man, uh, be careful. Watch out for uh, falling photographers. Oh my gosh. Um, well, I will help them if I see them. I will. Uh, at least say not that. me, man. I'll make my wife do it. <laughs> Uh, yeah especially if uh especially if i'm just way hammered yeah no I, i'm way too cooked to help i'll let the professionals get in there i guess i mean i guess that's his best excuse he's but too, still. too hammered he's you know when you're hammered and somebody falls your initial reaction is to laugh oh we didn't see it no all right, buddy. We'll talk next week. See how much trouble we got in from HR for this one. Ooh, so, this was a yeah, tough one. Might be a double suspension next week. You never know. It happens. All right, bud. Talk to you later. See y'all.